Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tailboard Talk, where I'm one of your hosts, Jeremiah. And also your other host, Darren Stanley, a.k.a. Token, a.k.a. Denby. On today's episode of Tailboard Talk, uh, we're going to talk about training today. Yeah, uh, apparently there's some people out there that want to know a little more about the insights of firefighting, how we do our training, all the cool stuff we're getting messed around with, and know what we use to on certain calls and what equipment and stuff we use. And pretty much, for lack of better terms, again, one of my favorite things to say, a method to our madness. But first, we got a couple things we got to say. Okay. All right. So again... You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, um, Denver's TikTok. Uh, there's a link tree involved there. You know, you can go in, see exactly which platform you want to use, whatever the case may be. You can go in, give us a listen on some of our older episodes if you haven't already. Give us a give us a nice little review, whether you liked it or not. You know, we we would love to hear your feedback. Yeah, for real, y'all. Like, give us any, uh, I mean, any, like I said before, any insights, how you feel about the episode, how you like it. And, hell, even send us messages about anything you want us to talk about on the next episode when we get a chance. And we go from there. We put a little, I put our brains together and uh, go from there and see what we want to talk about. That's right. And also, again, Patreon, we're still. There's uh, that word again. <laughs> go to whatever. Anyway. Patreon, Patriot, same thing. Whatever. Anyway. You know, Patreon uh, still launch date still to be determined. Um, we have come up with a few ideas on some sort of, uh, I guess you would call it merchandise. I don't know. What is a, I don't like using that word because that makes me feel like I'm like, I'm famous. We we start not slow. We start real small right now, but it just ideas we just thrown out there that we can possibly, you know, put a name out there. And like I said, we would love support from everybody here that's listening to us and we're going to try and do the best we can to, you know, just get us out in the public so we know, hey, we are here and, you know, just show us some love. What he's trying to say is just get our name out there. I already said that, but, yeah. Oh, okay. But, yeah, just also show us some love, too, because, no. We need, we have feelings, too. Anyway. All right. We hungry. So, and also, as he, as his gracious self, he has bought us some new mics to use mm-hmm. and we hope that <coughs> COVID. excuse me nope i didn't test myself this week but my cough has gotten better you didn't what test myself i thought you said touch yourself like brother i know that well you not just say it on the podcast nope okay not me deleted it moving on anyway so yeah uh we got some new mics and hopefully this is gonna this is the first of many new improvements that's this is probably hopefully going to be the biggest one. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, this thing is huge. <laughs> it's a huge bitch. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So now we thank you, Denver, for the mics. And, oh, yeah. Anytime, bro. Uh, so moving on to today's subject, training. So what is training? Training is something that you do to better yourself each and every day. There's always a um, saying that go out in the far, far world. It said, the day you start training, the day that you will die. And, well, not specifically die, but the day you stop training, the day that, you know. You get hurt. You get hurt. And 
and there's a lot of work we have to train because it's like um for example you go into a fire fire book like to get your certification the books and certifications made for for you to be certified as a firefighter but and it also show you different scenarios in that in the training book or the class book or whatever but everything is not the same uh it might show the simple way how to do it but in our mind we have to think of the more creative way of doing things because it's you don't see the same scene every single day unless you're not gonna see the same car wreck or the same well and it's ever changing yeah it's all it's all something new you got things things in the world is improving things are getting more you know it's also proven also get more dangerous because there's certain things we don't know like the smart cars I, that's i was actually about to bring that up you know the hybrids the smart cars yeah. fully electric yeah like i didn't know or there's a lot of people that probably don't know this like on the uh, hybrid cars there's that one cord with orange it's like an orange or cord that hooked it to the battery they switch it seems like they i keep hearing orange or blue yeah it, well the ones that you know if it's not a red red black cord that hooks to the battery no you can actually disconnect or cut those say but the orange and blue ones the one that you don't regularly see don't touch those those are the ones that make you turn to electric man really quick and you can charge our life let's see 25 years ago the fire firefighters 25 years ago didn't have to worry about shit like that. no you know i mean that, it's and it's crazy now because like the things that now that's that's one of the main reasons we train because if you don't train we would never know anything about it and so you gotta have that terminology because not only for your safety but also for our safety because we get hurt who we're going to help so we kind of just have to do that training and train our minds every day how to do things because if we don't then it could be a real bad day at work and we don't want that it really could it really could now we we have went as far as building our own training area in our little loft area outside in one of our bays and yes it it is a little over the top in certain areas but it's one of those things so the way i like to think about it is when you train you're you're getting the tools to do the job. It's up to you. Better better analogy. You're getting the numbers to the combination. It's up to you to put them in the right combination to open the lock. Exactly. Because if you follow the book to the T, you're going to get hurt. But, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like like you just said, like, you know, the book's only made for perfect scenario perfect scenarios and with slightly how very highly you're going to see a perfect scenario majority i call it is going to be straight chaos i mean you might have one every blue moon you might have perfect scenarios okay i'm just i learned in the book this is what we call then there's going to be times you're going to go on the call and go like what in the actual one and like okay uh yeah i gotta put two and two together and see if i can work this out and or do something about it and that's what training all about because like i said earlier you take the scenario that's in the book but also modify it and it's okay if i do this way but also add this and tweak this and spin this around and drop it down low doing that then it actually come out the way it should to go back to a perfect scenario but like jeremiah said we don't nine times ten you're not going to see him that much right so when the tones go off we're already behind the eight ball yeah that means we are already too late to be proactive the only way we can be proactive is through things like fire awareness um just 
emergency awareness, I guess you would, you would have to put it under. I mean, you know, simple things, stay hydrated, you know, simple things, take your medicine on time, which I have a problem with. Yeah. No one's Batman either. Again with Robert I, I'm, Patterson. I'm, I'm a chill on that one right now. I, I, get, I think I got my little frustration now for today, <laughs> but I'm just saying. But, you know, we're always behind the eight ball. The wreck has already happened. The fire has already started. So instead of being proactive, we have to in turn be reactive. Now, with being reactive, it's never going to be the same thing twice. It's never going to be that perfect scenario. So back to what I was originally saying with our training area, we have tried to compile as many different scenarios into one small, what is it, a 40 by 10? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. It's like a... it's not very big, put it that way. You know, we have tried to put as many scenarios as possible into that one particular training area so that, you know, when you go through and you see, oh, hey, I've done this particular thing before, you know, it was 10 feet inside, you know, or it was, you know, 20 feet around, you know, the next corner in the training area, but I've done it. You know, I, I'm, kind of you know know what i'm doing here you know not necessarily sort of kind of maybe kind of thing you know it's you you got to build that muscle memory up you know once you build the muscle memory up your brain is going to shut down but your body's going to keep going because your body knows what to do exactly that's the same thing about uh, rope training like mm-hmm. i'm well i pretty much got every certification i could think of underneath my belt that um was my behind the gear uh but one of the trainings that is easy to forget like like I said, rope training. You no, know, you would think say, why why do you need to learn how to tie knots? You'd be shocked and amazed what you need to learn how to tie knots and do you no know, rope training because you no know, people out these days don't know what figure eight is to a clove hitch to a bowling to a double figure eight. And uh, see the, well the thing about that is how often do we use knots on a fire scene? Not a lot. Not a lot, but it comes in handy. But when we have to you got to know how to do it. And you got to do it very quickly. Well, you you got to do it with, I don't want to say precision. I don't want to make it sound like we have like an aerospace job, but you have to do it with some sort of, some sort of fluency, some sort of potential, you know I mean? And, and that's, that's something, you know, ropes and knots, that's something that I've always, you know, taken a liking to, you know, I've always been able to do stuff like that. And when, when I find something I'm truly passionate about, I hyperfixate on it and I go about it. And we don't we don't train a lot on it. Why do you use big words? Man, I'm in the zone right Man, now. I can tell you, you, you Charles, not a big word me all the time. Like you picked on me last time about my word. What's that word I picked last time? Uh it's not important, but still man, just... You didn't use it correctly. It doesn't matter. It's a podcast. We'll have fun with it. It doesn't matter. Just go with the flow. I'm going with some flow. You just got to just tap it in. I am tapping, tapping, tapping. But anyway, you know, and like ladders. How many times have we laddered a building, you know? Oh, well. No, I'm saying in like the last six months. I don't think I'm last even came out the rack in the last six years. I I was joking. I'm not joking about that. But um, very, very lightly they would use our ladders. But... But Most, when it when it goes up, you want somebody to know how to do it. Yeah, um, that's one thing. My training, like, you no, know, there's different type of ladders we have. We have extension ladders, roof ladders, attic ladders. 
and you gotta have these special tools to actually get the job done like most times we gonna use ladders unless you're going on a you know, two-story house or you know you need to get caught into an added space that or something something like that and those um there's certain things that we use like you know people look at us like why you need something like so many of this and so many of that and you never know something that's so small that people never pay attention to can do a big big difference on a job like for example you talked candace a while back uh how do you do your host rap oh ho- yeah we we have I'll, I'll i'll take this one right here real quick mm-hmm. we have this item on the truck probably costed us 20 bucks 30 bucks i mean i don't know it has firefighter stamped on it so it's probably a bunch but anyway it's a very seemingly insignificant item that nobody thinks to use you get made fun of if you do use it and it, it literally has sat there and collected dust and we had a, a young lady on the department that she probably weighed 100 pounds soaking wet and she was having trouble managing one of the hose lines well i i pulled that strap off and i told her how to use it correctly and how to pretty much implement it to her you know and she took it and she ran with it and she was able to control hose lines that she never thought she would be able to to manage you know and it was all because there was that piece of equipment on the truck that everybody just overlooked they they overlooked they're scared to use it you know i'm not i man i'll be honest with you I'm fat. Like, if I could do something with half the spell and half energy, I'm gonna. And like, I, I, <laughs> and me, I'm I'm more of a workout body. I'm more in shape, but I would try to find things to make it easier on me on a job than try to work myself half to death and won't be no good. Last, like something on a job site, you you know, gonna be there for three four hours, and the first fifteen minutes on the job on the scene, you've already, already spent and worn out. Exactly, exactly, and that that host trap. She was able to use that hose strap to effectively reduce the stress on her body as well as manage something even even larger that she wasn't able to before. Exactly. See, my, my specialty is education. That's my something I've been trained on very, very much and have been very familiar with. And you know, people you know, call them the jaws of life. No, we have you no know, different. I mean, it's been around for you no know, generations, and like we have the term now, spreaders and cutters, and it was the same thing. But you know, sometimes people still use the word jaws of life. Some people still use. You know, if I'm not mistaken, the jaws of life were pretty much combi tools, combination tools, weren't they? Uh, well, because jaws of life I, was before my fire career started. When I got brought my attention, but I think the jaws of life it was just the spreaders. Was it just spreaders? I, if I'm, you might correct me if I'm wrong. I maybe we can do some little research on it. Uh, the terminology of jaws of life, but when I was told, it was you no know, just the spreaders by itself, and uh, that's when it came out the cutters, and you got the ram, which is kind of helped lift the dashboard off the patient's um, legs, and it actually, you no, know, come in handy because, and you'd be trying to amaze how many piece of equipment. Hey, they even got a cutter for just for uh, foot pedals. Okay. All right. So Jaws of Life, I'm looking at it right now. Everything that I'm seeing, wow, old Hurst was huge. Anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh Jaws of Life were just spreaders. They, exactly. They okay. didn't have a cutting capability. Now I, I ain't saying I'm right on that. So if, if somebody else knows differently, please reach out. 
but as far as I'm reading, they were not combination tools. They were um, just spreaders. Just spreaders. And spreaders is uh, something, I mean, self-explanatory. Uh, spreaders is like, so the premise is just like the V-shaped equipment and spreads. So premise spreads things apart. Uh, cutters, self-explanatory on that one too, is major for cutting, like cutting metal, not cut trees, just metals only. Oh, shut up. Uh, you jealous. Nah, I ain't you jealous. Bro, I've been doing it for a while. Even I know like, I, well, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie. I did thought about it one time, a long time ago, to try to cut a tree with it. But I thought about it too. You actually did it. And, exactly. And Them almost, trees never move so fast. Yeah, and uh, you almost lost a job really fast. <laughs> but... But that's besides uh, the point. Shit got done. Yeah, it got done. Everybody. There is a thing. Okay. There's two things actually I want to touch on right there. You saying that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. But you didn't ask at all. You just went and did it. And then there's this thing called mm -hmm. situation dictates. Mm -hmm. That situation dictated that them trees needed to move the hell out my way. You do know we got saws in truck, right? The saws were taken. They were being used by someone else. We had axes on the truck. Have you ever swung a fire axe for 25 minutes? Yes, I have. It sucks, don't it? Depends how you're doing it. Son, I was treating it like a wood axe. I was treating that damn thing like a felon axe. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I have never been so damn sore in my life. Man got out the truck on the other side of the tree and he said, man, he said, that axe is whipping your ass. I cut trees for a living. Give it here. So he cut for five minutes and set the axe down. I say, yeah. Maybe you sharpen your tools. I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That's just a suggestion, just to throw that out there. But uh, look at me. Go on what you say. Go on what you say. Anyway, back to training. So there's a lot of things about training, about um, that we should learn. Like, oh, well, other thing with training that people don't realize. So there's a so every year you gotta have a certain amount of hours of training and that's just not just that one's called boing boing <laughs> but we're gonna we'll get back off topic there i don't know what boing boing what am i i'll go i'll just buy making training denver training yeah so so we every year you gotta have a certain amount of hours of training and uh 36 hours for north carolina 30 yeah 36 hours and um but it's not just that that's just regular far far training but it's also a certain amount of hours for hazmat training there's a certain amount of hours of um, for your particular medical certification. Medical certification, like there's always training with something, and like I said earlier, there's always something new that's going on in the world that we just train about. Prime example, something that's called the dimmer drill. Yeah. Uh, there's a firefighter, a down firefighter, that got stuck in a well, like five in a hallway, and it, like it was it, a hallway with a window at the end of it, wasn't it? Yeah, and they couldn't get to him, and they couldn't find him, and he could have. And they had no way to get to him because the way how that hall was set up, he was so compressed in that hallway, they had no, they could not get to him in time to try to find a safe way to get him out of it. That by, by my knowledge, what I heard was going on. And, you know, sadly to say, the firefighter perished his life. But then uh, I've got the name of the town that actually came up with that drill and it spread around the world. And it's one of the things that you don't never see on a regular basis, but it's one of the things that it'd be good to know how to do just in case, because you never know what's in people's homes these days. You might, it might be just well, regular home. stop right there. Stop right there with what's in people's homes, all right? So now your average home all right, is going to have chemicals under the counter. 
Yeah, okay. Clorox bleach. Clorox. Close You're going to have bartender's friend. Paint thinner. You'll, you'll have paint, paint thinner, you know, toilet bowl cleaner. Uh, you got your chemicals. Then you go further and you say, how many gun owners are there in our mm-hmm. area? Yeah, we love guns. All right. So how many, how many pounds of ammunition or not? Well, I want to say pounds. How many, how many, uh, what quantity of ammunition do they have? Hey, look at the garage. What kind of gas cans got in there? Gas cans. We'll take it a step further. Muzzle loaders. How much black powder they got laying around that's, that is just literally sitting on a, on a uh, bedside table. Somebody like the grill, they got you know, the spare gas, uh, gas tanks around the house, uh, propane tanks around the house. Propane tanks, lighter fluid. Then yeah. go take it another step further. All right. So what happens now with furniture that didn't happen 20, 30 years ago? There's different glues in it. Yep. The the boards, they're made lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, particle board versus solid wood, you know. That, and that's the same thing about homes too. Like what the homes made out of? They made out of particle board stuff, or what's that, particle board held together with? Glue. Glue. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you take all that together, and gusset plates. All right. And if you don't know what a gusset plate is, it's literally instead of nailing boards together, it's a plate that has little spikes on it that you hammer in. Yep. And they like to fail during a fire. And that's a bad day for roof collapse. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, matter of fact, that fire we had over there in a while back, when that roof, we just came out of the house just naked time, the whole roof just collapsed right on top of us. Mm-hmm. And we just um, made it, we literally just walked through the front door. All I remember y'all telling me about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, I thought you was there for that part. Which fire? The one down in uh, Turkey Trap. Probably. I don't remember. It's been, it's been a while back, but yeah, like, it, it was... It, it it could have been a bad day for all of us, and we literally just walked out the house right at the nick of time. And next one we heard, we heard crack, snack, and pop, and sure enough, boom! The whole root, the whole is that roof. the one I ate the corn out of? Ate the what? Oh, you didn't know about that. Go on, go on. No hell no! What are you talking about? No, no, you, you got me interested in that. What, ate the, what are you talking about? Well, there was a can of corn there that was opened up. You opened a can of corn. I didn't f- open it. It was already open. It was cooked. You ate a can of corn in a search fire? Man. It wasn't all Civvy Town time. But I have. Cannot confirm nor deny which fire it was. But I did take a handful of corn out of a can and eat it. Just to prove a point. Man, what the? It was cooked. What? No shit. The whole damn house on fire. Of course, everything in the house was cooked. Everything was cooked. The house was cooked. The can was cooked. <laughs> I don't know if it was opened or it burst, but either way. But I'm alive. I couldn't have been too bad. He fooled at the same time. I, I, it wasn't but a handful. Man. This is why we do training. <laughs> so back to training. So like like I said, Jeremiah's specialty is rope training. My specialty is no education, but the one training that me and him both combined had to learn learn together is firefighter training. See myself, and, myself in Denver, real quick before you keep going. We're we're the training officers here. I don't have near as much experience as everybody, but I have a way of getting through to people. And when I learn something, I want everybody else to learn it. When somebody else knows something, I want to know what they know. And with a combined uh a combined intelligence over here. I don't want to say intelligence. Combined knowledge. 
you know, myself in Denver, you know, we, we will reach out. We will be like, hey, man, you know, what's what's the proper way to do this? You know, and then we'll know and then we'll spread it on. All right, now, go ahead. What you say? Yeah. I mean, like well, I've, been, I've been doing it for a long time, so I'm not going to say that I've seen all and done all. But I've done my fair share that I can know how to properly do things on a far scene. And I mean, sometimes things get a little hectic, they get a little out of hand that we can't help to do. But at the same time, you know, I had not like I've been doing this for a while. Like, okay, this ain't a good idea for us to go in, or this ain't a good idea to be around. We might need to back up more than six feet. But the like I was saying, the same knowledge that me and Jamal have is a uh, fire training that you no know, everybody don't realize fire fighting is a science. No, it's not like you can go in, kick doors in, and think you're going all man fight the fire. You, you got to have to read the smoke, read the fire. Well, there's got to be common sense in it as well. Yeah, I mean, you can't just like just burst into a house and ready to rock and roll. Like you got to stop, take a break, look around, see what's going on, and is this house really safe enough to go in? Um, it's like I say, it's, it's like a science. You, like I say, you have to read things. You have to read what the color of smoke. Is it that milky gray smoke? You use your eyes, your hands. Yeah, look. You can't really use your nose because it's in a mask. But I mean, but you can feel the heat, and it's one of the situations you can look, listen, and feel. And now you see that smoke, and like it's got a milky grayish look. Probably not good idea because people are things realize. You no know, smoke have a lot of gases in it, and it's kind of like one. The right amount of temperature can ignite it just like that and turn into a ticking time bomb. Um, there's three things that's needed in a fire four if you look at it in a different direction, but three three main things that's heat, fuel, and an oxygen. oxidizer. All right, which is oxygen. Yeah, so if you take one of those things away, so hypoth- we'll, we'll talk about the, the whole smoke layers, the uh, thermal layers, and everything. Yeah. So you have a room full of smoke, all right, you have a room full of fuel and heat with no oxidizer. So it's not going to catch on fire. But as soon as you open that door and introduce a gush of oxygen, you have then went from the fire triangle to the fire tetrahedron, Mm -hmm. which has a fourth item, which is called a chemical reaction. And that chemical reaction is when that heat goes into what's called, excuse me, when that fuel goes into what's called like pyrolysis. All right. Yeah, I'm pulling out the big words out the book. Yeah, now. I'm, I'm, I'm when, listening. when you go into something called pyrolysis, things start what's called off-gassing. That's where you get your fuel. You introduce your oxygen, and you already have your heat, and then it's a sudden combustion turning into a flashover. And that's one of the things that you don't with me in the house when that happens. Uh, I have been inside with flashover. Luckily, I dodged that one. Imagine one time. And I ain't gonna lie, that is like one of the scariest things in the fire service that you don't want part of. I've heard you can hear it. Yes, you can hear it. It got is it has this um, before beginning. It has that a certain sound, and also has uh, I want to say whistle, but it's kind of like that, like sucking like in, a rush of air. Yeah, rush of air, and it's kind of it's kind of like propane hissing, right? And like out of an air tank, yeah. And when you hear it, you know it's about to happen, and you can feel that temperature get hotter and hotter and hotter. And it is, it's you, you can tell when it's about to happen because the temperature can go from in the house fire. I'm just don't kick it from 
you know, 1,000 degrees to like all of a sudden jumped up to was well, like 1700. Yeah, 1700. And all of a sudden, like, okay, it's time to build and need to build now. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. Uh, and see, through training, you know, through training, again, why we train, you know, you actually put your training to use and, you know, you start to notice these different signs. You know, you start to understand why do I need to keep this door shut? Well, if you kick that door open, you might be introducing oxygen into a fuel filled room. And that can push, and that open up a door can push you across the street. Yep. And it, you can also push fire with flow paths and, and all of that type of stuff, you know, and it's, it, it's really different on how everything can work. If you're not properly trained on the matter on how to use different indicators to your advantage, I say. And see indicators is something and, and that'll go back to muscle memory. You know, you, you feel a spike in heat, your body's going to be like, oh, shit, I need to do this. You know, your brain's going to be like, damn, it's hot in here, man. Who, who didn't pay the AC bill, you know? Who left that fucking fan going, you know? But it's like, well, your body's sitting there like, man. We'll be all right. We need to unask this building because it's about to come down. I just heard a gusset plate break, and we going. <laughs> so, hey, but I'm gonna let you know we're ready to go. I'm not gonna sit here and uh, yeah, I, y'all can do what you want, but I'm going outside. You can, yeah, y'all can just do whatever y'all want. But at the same time, um, like I said, I've been doing this job for 19 years now. How long have you been doing this job? Oh. 19 days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I think 2019 is when I started. 17, 18. I worked at Jerry's for two years. Yeah, about about 2019 ish. So two years, two and a half years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, Damn, it, it seems. It's just easier to say two and a half years instead of doing the math because. Oh, well, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I mean, my resume has all this stuff on it. I don't remember Jack or Malarkey. Okay. Like, I know Jack Daniels. If you please. You don't even know that song. Go away. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty old. Not old, but anyway, we get on top of here. You and your Velcro ass shoes. Not today. You and your slip on ass shoes. Hey, it's comfortable. Memory phone, baby. But anyway, <laughs> I've been clamming on about wearing Velcro shoes because I just got lazy and they feel like tying my shoes today. So I said, you know, I'm just going to get some Velcro, which comes in handy. And he you know, regrets it ever since. You cut me off. Can I, can I at least have this moment? Go ahead. Can talk, I have this? Talk about your Velcro grants. You there going? Call them Velcro grants. Call them granny, granny shanties. I don't know what you want to call them, but still, they come from me. Bucket Brigade. Yeah, I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we've been talking about shoes because, like, I bought some certain shoes from Walmart. They so, actually look very comfortable, and they are very comfortable because they're uh, memory foam, man. Exactly. And I got them, they were cheap. And I said, you know what? I just want some shoes that I don't know, I don't feel like untying so i just kind of got some velcro shoes they pick and joke but guess what you damn sure right you ain't got a time and uh so anyway <laughs> every time uh, we get a call where he's wearing them all you hear is <laughs> i'm coming 
but back to the topic of training uh training is like one of the things that you like i said before you got to have in this kind of line of work and you you can't get enough of it and you have to like like you got to refuel your brain with something and like this line of work you got to kind of reiterate yeah like it's already been said yeah you can't like learn the same thing over and over after why i get bored it's like eh, now i'm getting burned out of this because the same thing yeah. over again we got to do this back over and there and like you got to think of something i mean heck sometimes we watch some old youtube videos like oh dad what happened to this scene and like look okay and you can actually take that's that. not what our training is though we actually no. do hands-on training no we like we look at those scenarios and say, okay what can we do to, from prevent that to happen to us that's because, right because our main goal is to get back home to our families and you like i got two beautiful little girls we got nine year old six year old and the last thing i need them to hear that daddy's not coming home because he did something on the scene or something happened on the scene that he was prepared for and he didn't know what to do so his last option was to go on the other side and my girls are my everything they are my world and they mean more to me than life itself and the most important thing to me for me to see when i come home and my and my door is have a smile on her face that daddy's home and now fortunately you no know, this probably, probably putting too much information about my life now that my kids don't actually live with me but at the same time when i do have them but uh, you're always in contact with them. yeah like i we we be to call each other all the time on the phone and just when they call my nine girls she light up like like the sun and that makes my day as a father so well if i could throw something in here real quick all right so one of the issues we had before uh, was one of the firefighters, he didn't exactly take training seriously. Now, I do understand uh, that training is training. It is in a controlled environment, you know. But if you don't go into training thinking that it is, you know, trying to actually get some sort of value out of it and trying to use it to implement into your everyday life as a first responder. So he didn't take it seriously. He said, why should he have to take it seriously? Nothing bad is going to happen in the training center. You're correct. Nothing bad is going to happen. We are never going to be more than two or three feet away from you. Perfect example. The other day we had a, a, a firefighter in there and he was in a confined space. He freaked out. My arm went straight through there, pulled his mask off of him, got his respirator off, calmed him down, and got him the rest of the way out. Okay. Yeah, and, certain, and certain, I mean, did like in the training on facility like scenario, yeah, no things not going bad happen on a training scene, but there's always, I mean, something can happen because training. Well, I'm but, talking about the night we had to pull the yeah. firefighters out. You well, know, I listen when you're saying like, yeah. I mean, by that part, like, I mean, things, I mean, things can happen on training scene, but that whole train to okay not to do that again right and with training you see hey if i do it this way it's gonna hurt this way you know so when we ended up having to pull this particular firefighter out he had done you know literally everything we told him not to do he left his team he didn't do this didn't do that we pulled him out why should i have to do this it's a controlled environment i'm going to do the correct thing when i get into the uh idlh environment which the IDLH environment 
how do I that directly? What was it? IDLH. What does that stand for again? I know what it means. IDLH. Direct threat to life and health, pretty much. I don't remember the exact words for it, but anyhow, um, we're like, well, if you can't do the correct thing in training, how do we know you're going to do the correct thing in a real situation? So when when we put you through a training simulation, you know, and I, I, that makes it sound way cooler than it truly is. Um, when we put you through that, we're not necessarily saying, Hey, if you don't get through this, you're less of a person. You need, you know, a pride cut and this, that, and yawn. I don't care if you make it 10 feet through the simulation. I don't care if you go through it twice in the same day. I need to know as a training officer, as well as Denver, as a training officer, we need to know where your weaknesses are. And if we can find your weakness, we can build that weakness and we can all raise a level of our own. And once we bring everybody to the same level, the only way we're going is up. So if you're only as strong as your weakest link, then that weakest link needs to be the strongest link in the chain. Maybe not the strongest link, but that link is the one that we need to base what we're doing off of. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, in the same way, it kind of does like see where your weak points are and just kind of work because, you know, you don't want to go in the far scene and say, and like be that, you no, know, I can do a guy and get there, kind of find out, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, that's the easy way to get somebody killed, hurt. Or a lot of firefighters pissed off of you really quick. And you got to be honest. You know, you got to be like, hey, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, I, don't go in there and say, like, hey, man, do you not crank this pump? Like, oh, yeah, 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 I can do it. I can do it. And you get there and say, all right, crank my tools up. All of a sudden, you sit again, all right, crank my tools up. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, today be nice. You know? <laughs> we gotta... It's getting hot in here. Give me some water. I said, so come on. The fire kind of thirsty. I need to give some, give some aqua. What what why you got a bill? Why you got a notepad in your hand? What are you doing? Why is that textbook on the pump panel? <laughs> why why are you scratching your head? Uh, you know what I'm doing? Yeah, well, yeah, my my ass getting kind of hot. You know, you might have stepped up a little bit. You know, like that. <laughs> and that also goes into leadership too, if you really want to push it, because with without knowing the the limits of the, I don't want to say the people under you, but without knowing your peers' limits, um. You, you can't properly employ a team to do anything because then all you're doing is shot in the dark. You might get lucky. You might get unlucky. It's a shot in the dark. Had to take it that way. Yeah, you did. Had to take it that way. I did. I took it there. But I do think <laughs> that it <laughs> – I do think. All right. You do? I do. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Not a lot. Sometimes. That's what I'm, I'm – yeah. That's what I'm, you Are you going to let me talk? You didn't let me talk earlier. Yeah, stop right there. I do think that we are coming to a close with this episode. Yes, uh, (laughs) we're getting too closing with this. But anyway, the whole episode is about training, like the inside, the input of how our training works, the cool stuff we get to mess with, like, you know, the education tools to not to like how a couple car how to fight a fire hell even how to blow things up um how to there, there's various of things to like how to like a training and like what we learn but 
this this episode was a little more serious, but at the same time, like it, we we try to have more fun with episodes, so everything will be like all dry and just like I try to make it more fun. Well, this more, was also a, a listener submitted request. Yeah, like some of them want to learn more, and but and I told him on the phone earlier, like we try to make our podcast more fun. It's like the whole thing about this podcast was not only just talk about firefighting. That that was my plan. Yet the whole title of this podcast called Terrible Talk. What far from the inside behind closed doors talk about but our whole thing is not we don't want to just talk about firefighting because that's why you get kind of burned out talking about it. Like, we don't we, always talk about firefighting at the firehouse no <laughs> we, there, there's something we talk about firehouse that you we cannot talk about right now on the podcast unless we get really comfortable unless the ratings go really you'll have to get really really okay with a lot of stuff really fast <laughs> yeah you, you got to know us a little more better for me to expressing our true feelings on the podcast and make sure no one get a little butthurt. Now these it. are our true feelings. Don't get me wrong, you know. But these are not the our views are not views of the department that we work for. No, these are things that you know we just like I said. These is like our past couple of episodes we had is like what we talk about, like behind closed doors and how we you know how in between <laughs> the sheets. We ain't in between no damn sheets, bro. Lucky this ain't a 24 hour station. Oh, thank God, could no, 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 it better not be. If you get anyone near my bunk, I will bump you in your freaking head. That didn't sound right either. But anyway, y'all, thank y'all for listening out to our podcast. Once again, my name is Denver Stanley, aka Denvy, aka Token, and I am Jeremiah. And like I always, I always say before and say again, you call, we call. Have a blessed day. <laughs>